Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. James, you've been on the program before. We've talked about your situation, but to a few of the many who haven't heard your story, new listeners, tell us a little bit about what happened to you. You made that million, you lost it. What happened? Well, by the age of 30, I, everything was going great. I right out of um, right, I got off the road as a professional trumpet player, and I went right into the, the financial world. I got licensed as a stockbroker, uh, was able to, to get a position with a small firm, which then I ended up with a Wall Street firm uh, after that. Then I ended up with a regional firm, and I became a vice president uh, very quickly. By the age of 23, I was a vice president. Traveling around the world, Europe, you know, making all the big bucks. By the by, I think it was 28 years old. I had started my own nationwide investment firm, uh, had a national radio show, national TV show, and uh, at the I was 30 years old, and my phone rang, and this was in 2001, and it was my accountant, my my external accountant, who uh, explained to me that I was broke, that I was bankrupt, and that all my money was gone, and uh, it took a few weeks to figure out what exactly happened, but it turned out that my own brother, who was six years younger than me, he was working for me as my internal bookkeeper, and he wiped me out completely, completely Uh. wiped me out. And, uh, you know, I thought, well, this has got to be a misunderstanding. I'm going to set up a meeting with him. Maybe there's, you know, money in a different account, because we had a lot of different accounts and different locations, and uh, his his last words to me uh, on this uh, were, I, I will not speak to you, you must speak to my attorney, uh, was the email. And uh, that began a nightmare. I, I really literally felt like I was a character in a movie. Um, I, I couldn't believe it. I went from, you know, limousines picking me up at the airport to take me on to TV shows that I was appearing on, had written all these books, and it was all gone. It was all gone in, in a matter of days. I, I was completely completely done. I mean, literally to the point that my last employee, I had to pay him with our phone system. I, I had no money left. I oh. used credit card, cash advances, everything. I said, I said to him, I said, Bob, can I, can I give you the phone system for your final paycheck? And, and he said, yes. And I gave him the phone system. Uh, it got so dark, George, that on three occasions, and I know I've told this story many times, and some people um, I, of, of all the things I share, this is the one thing that really seems to hit people really hard. I tell them that I, I, I planned my own suicide out three times in detail. Uh, I planned to kill myself. I was a, a, a fa- you know, father of three young children. Uh, I was married. But I, I had this idea in my mind, this lie had crept into my mind that if I killed myself, that was going to be the solution and um, it got very dark, and I ultimately did not kill myself, which I talk about in my book. And my life really started to turn around. It, it took a few years because I'm a little bit of a slow learner, but I discovered a new way of praying. And I've been a spiritual person my whole life uh, since you know very young age, but I never really looked at prayer the way that I discovered it to be. I, I always thought that prayer was... You know, a little thing you say, you know, 30 seconds or a minute to God, and then you sort of go on with your day. Um, And I got to this point where I ended up at a beach with a yellow pad, and I just looked up at the sky and I said to God, here I am. You know, I've got nothing left uh, planning to kill myself. You know, what what should I do? 
And in that moment, in about a two-hour period, George, and I, I get emotional when I, I share this. Why not? This yeah. Yellow pad, this yellow pad began to fill up with information and ideas and things that I should do. And it literally changed my life because I realized that God still speaks to us today. And this was information and ideas and directions that I would have never come up with on my own. And we just don't slow down enough and take time to listen to God. And I know there's people listening right now because I'm, I'm reading the stories of the, the suicides are spiking, uh, the, the, marriage, uh, the marriage issues are spiking, uh, domestic abuse, child abuse. People are going through. People are going nuts, James. They're going nuts. They don't know. They don't know what to do, and and we're we're really living. I mean, we like to read about the Great Depression, you know, in, in the history books, but we're in it. We're in it now. We're we're living that history right now. And I know that people need hope and, and need directions. And I just say this to anybody right now that's thinking about suicide. You're you're thinking about that as a solution. It is not a solution. Um, it is something that will creep into your mind it is a lie and i will tell you that uh over the last 20 years i have had so many wonderful experiences watching uh my my daughter get married um the 20 years i spent with my wife we we went back to, to Italy. you would have missed all of it you would have missed I, it I all missed so many wonderful things so so folks if you're listening and, and that's creeping into your mind that is a lie from the enemy do not believe that. There are so many things you can do right now, George. And I've been on Facebook and YouTube and Twitter and my website and my radio show giving people all this information because as bad as things look, there are new opportunities opening up and people are getting into these new things and are really doing well. And so it's just like they say, one door closes, another door opens up. And there's so many things you can do right now and we've got a video up on how to quickly get your stimulus money because there's a new way to do it where you can get it more quickly. So we're, we're working on this 24-7 to try to help people to get the stimulus money, to get unemployment money, and then to come up with a new direction if they need to do that because maybe what they're doing is, is phasing out. I remember the first time we chatted, James, you kind of reminded me of Neil Donald Walsh and his book, Conversations with God, where he was also despondent and, you know, asked God, you know, please help me. And uh, I had asked him at the time, who wrote your book, you or God? And so when you had that yellow notepad out there on the beach, was that God who was writing through you or, or how was that happening? Yeah, you know, I'll tell you what, it, it, it is, I, I get chills when I talk about it because, um, when you get to that, when you are in that moment and you feel what the presence of God feels like, it's a wonderful thing, but it's also a scary thing um, because you realize, wait a minute, this is real. Because I think part of our brain says maybe God really isn't out there. Maybe this is just me coming up with this information. But when I sat back down and looked at it later, I, I knew that it wasn't me, because I, I was in no position to come up with any ideas for anything. I was such a wreck, um, not to mention that the, the information that I was given, and that was one of many uh, prayer sessions. And I'll, I'll be honest, you know, today I don't pray as much, and I should pray more, and mm -hmm. people should pray more and take more quiet time. And, and now is sort of a time out, right, for all of us, a pause button for all of us. So now there's no excuse not to pray more and to have more quiet time. And God will speak to you if you ask him. 
You see, people think the book, How to Pray for a Financial Miracle, is about praying for a bag of money to show up. And I know that God does work like that, but the book is really about asking God to be your counselor, your financial advisor, and to tell you what you need to do based on your situation. And I really believe that he speaks to all of us today if we just would take time to listen. And there's so many things people can do right now, not only, you know, getting the stimulus and the unemployment and all these things, um, but everybody's making uh, arrangements for people. Mortgage companies are letting people skip mortgage payments. Car payments are being skipped. Uh, Student loans are put on hold for six months. There's so many things you can do. So if you're listening tonight and you're thinking this is the end, it's not. Uh, stick with uh, your, your situation. Work through it. It'll be some tough work, but you'll come out the other side a better, stronger person and maybe uh, even more financially successful than you were even before this. James, they're talking about another stimulus package, which will give people $2,000 a month. Still not enough money to really live on. Uh, I have a, an assumption most people were living on much more, but uh, at least it's something. But this has got to end. It's got to end soon. So in addition to praying for a financial miracle, how about praying for getting the country back in order again? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and there's a lot of, like, really strange things going on that, honestly, I don't understand. You know, I live in a small community, and we really haven't been hit by this at all. But yet they've taken such draconian measures. I'm not kidding you, George. We have a a helicopter, a life rescue helicopter that is patrolling at low altitude our city to make sure that no one is on the beach or in the parks. And I just think to myself, where, where am I living? I mean, I know we've got to take measures for social distancing and these kinds of things, but some of the government uh, decisions that have been made, especially by local governments, uh, it's just hard to, hard to process. Uh, we have a beach situation here where even during the season, you could go out on the beach and walk and maybe not see another person. I mean, it's, this is not Miami, where, where I live, but yet they've closed all the green spaces, all the boat ramps, all the beaches, uh, and all the schools are closed. We've got to get back to normal, and it's got to be soon, because I, I'm reading things that the economic uh, effects of this could last for 10, maybe 15 years. Oh. How long? the economic impact could be. But again, to be positive, uh, I, there's so many things people can do. My son, he works for a company that puts law firms into the cloud. He, he, they move everything into the cloud, and he's doing great. And there's so many people getting into different businesses, like um, this, this whole thing of putting restaurants online so you could do online ordering. Uh, that's huge. So many people are starting online businesses. Uh, right now, people are getting involved with different technologies. This Zoom company that's doing the online video conferences. Everybody oh, it's going now, crazy. You can, get, you can get yoga on Zoom and your exercise classes are on Zoom. Well, that Zoom stock from February till now has doubled. So there's so many things. There's always the silver lining. There, there, there always is, and sometimes it takes prayer and, and time, a quiet time thinking through to find that silver lining. But with every crisis, there's an opportunity that opens up. When you contemplated suicide three times, over what period of time was that? It was probably over a period of a year. It was early on. Wow. It was before I had any solutions. Um, I got to that point where 
I literally, this is what I'm going to do. And I was, I remember one night in particular, my wife came in my office. It was probably around this time, 3 o'clock in the morning on the East Coast. And I'm thumbing through uh, insurance documents, reading to make sure that I had the policy long enough that it would pay off when I killed myself. You didn't want to make a mistake so, about that. Yeah, so here I am. I'm a financial guy going through my insurance documents to make sure that my plan, which was to kill myself, was going to uh, to pay off for my family. But, you know, I've become such a student of learning about suicide and why people commit suicide because I was at that, that threshold. And, and, you know, suicide, it, 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 you're gone, but everyone else around you is devastated. I mean, what you're really doing forever is, yeah it's like a it's like a mass bombing of all of your loved ones and then they've got to deal with the aftermath of that so if you're thinking tonight like that's an act of love for you to kill yourself and leave all your family with that tragedy which they will never that day they will never forget uh, that every morning they'll wake up and think of that probably the first thing they think of when they wake up in the morning uh, man, I'll tell you what, it, it, is, it is not a choice. It is not something you should even have on your radar screen as a choice. Of these three attempts or times that you thought about it and contemplated it, which one was the worst moment for you? I'm sure they were all bad, but which one was the worst of the three? Well, I remember there was a point where it took a few months to start rebuilding my banking records because what my brother had done as part of the embezzlement is his last day on our property, he actually took all of our bank records, and, and, and we, we don't know to this day what happened to them. So it took me a few months to begin, to begin the process of, of reordering bank statements. And back at that time, you had to wait weeks. And you, didn't, you didn't have online statements in those days. No, no, no. So I had to rebuild our bank account. I remember one night I was uh, going through the bank statements and was just, just really starting to comprehend how much money was being stolen and how frequently it was being stolen. And my brother, his family and my family, he had young children also at the time. And so we spent every holiday, every Christmas, every Easter, every kid's birthday, every Fourth of July together. And it, it, there was a moment, George, late at night where I'm going through these bank statements where it just hit me, uh, like really at a super deep level of what had happened to me, the betrayal and I said, I can't live. I, I cannot live knowing that this was going on for five years. Jeez. And my, it was my own brother, and we were together during all these family times, and this was going on. I, I literally thought I was losing my mind that this could happen to me and that I wouldn't know that it was going on for, for five years, and there was two sets of books and all these things. And I just reached the point where I said, you know what? I don't want to live. I don't want to live anymore in a world where it can get so dark and your own brother can do something that, like this to you. I, th I think that was my lowest moment, was just that, that moment of realizing this really happened to me and this was my brother. Did you plan out how you were going to do this? I did, and um, I, people have asked me. And, I, I and by the way, I hope I'm not bringing up anything that is... Uh... Uh, gives you horrible memories or anything like that. No, no, but I, I, I want to mention the memories in a second, though, to you, because something happened to me recently. But um, uh, I, I did plan it out in detail, but I don't actually share with people what I was going to do. Okay. I don't want to encourage anybody to do that. But let me tell you something that I did recently, and, and people might think I'm crazy. Um, I, I decided about 
a month and a half ago to put How to Pray for a Financial Miracle onto audio uh, for audible.com. Yeah. And uh, I, I, George, I tell you, I, I hadn't read the book in, in years, and so I had to go into the studio and read the book. You read your own book. Uh, that's right. And I, I actually had, like, a panic attack. Uh, I, I felt like I was having a heart attack. Oh, my God. In, in reading the book myself, and I thought to myself, you know, after I finally finished it, it was the hardest thing in my life, I'm not kidding you, to read that book, my own book, my own words, because so much of it my brain had, like, put into a fog or, or I had forgotten. But then when I had to go back and relive that by reading that onto audio uh, for Audible, um, it, it kind of came back to me. And, and I, I, did, I never, I guess I live because I don't remember all the details of it. And I had to go back and look at that. And, and that was uh, uh, quite an experience. I'll tell you something I never would have guessed would have happened to me. Do you know how many great shows I would not have had, James, had you done yourself in? <laughs> well, thank you for saying that. I, I think it's divine. It's a divine appointment that I was meant to meet you. And I hear from so many people who said they were thinking of suicide. They didn't do it. They're praying now, and prayer has changed their life. And uh, they say George, George Norrie and Jim Paris. And I know we did that event in in Miami. And oh, that was fun. So many people uh, in Miami. Um, you know, maybe this is the reason I'm, I'm still here, because I could be on your show. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern, and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.